0: This is an ABC podcast. Come on, Ariane. Get there. Come on, go. She's yes. got a world record for Ariane oh. world record? Has been terminated here tonight. Oh. The national swimming titles start today, a little more than a year out from the Paris Olympics. When the games roll around, Aussie sports fans will be expecting gold medals and world records, and the bulk of those things generally come from our swimmers which is pretty remarkable when you consider how tumultuous the administration has been in recent times. On Friday afternoon, Swimming Australia quietly released a statement announcing Chief Executive Eugenie Buckley was out. In the last three years, the organisation has had four CEOs and four presidents. Despite having a raft of champions, they have no major sponsor. What is going on at Swimming Australia? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Tom Deeson is a journalist with the Sydney Morning Herald. He has been all over this story. Tom, generally, if you're running a big Olympic sport, you want to be around when the Games come around. So why has Eugenie Buckley departed?
1: Yeah, a little bit of a strange one. We're less than 18 months out from the Paris Olympics and, yeah, Buckley informs Swimming Australia board and president um, late last week that she was out. A bit of a power struggle there for Eugenie. I've had conversations with her. and She doesn't want to go on the record at the moment, but to get an understanding of where she's at found it very hard to orchestrate any changes or major changes that she wanted through um, the board. And a lot of those stakeholders are affiliated with state unions. So um, she's just always found that that was a, a difficult thing to navigate through her 18 months tenure. Um, and, and something that a lot of people to Swimming Australia have had as well. You look at the number of presidents and CEOs that have rolled through that place in the last three four five years it would suggest that there's something amiss there and that yeah there's been a high turnover
0: rate which is very very interesting for australia's favorite olympic sport really yeah let's dig into that why is swimming australia and being chief executive there or being the president there such a challenging post because as you touch on i think four ceos and four presidents in three to four years
1: Look, there's a sense that it's just so hard to work with the states. I mean, the states obviously represent where they come from, and there's representation on the Swimming Australia board from those states. And Swimming Australia's role is to look at the whole of Swimming Australia, not just the, the athletes or the states, but also the learn to swim kids. It's, it's a whole of picture organisation, and I think there's just always been tension and friction between um, the state bodies and Swimming Australia in terms of what is the best model moving forward and that's just unfortunately the flaws of the federated model, which I know Eugenie has spoken about, being difficult. That's not to say that her bullish approach rubbed everyone the right way, there was definitely disagreements on certain ways and there was funding cut towards the states and that sort of occurred late last year and then obviously they went a bit feral with that and um, there was an independent report that sort of looked into how Swimming Australia was running and whilst that has coincided with her exit um, she's adamant that that wasn't why she stepped down. I think she just had enough and found it difficult, hadn't made an enormous amount of friends in there and I don't think she was there to make friends and um, moving on to something different.
0: You touch on some of the clashes that eugenie buckley's had um within the sport those who would be critical of buckley what would their comments be around the way she's managed the sport i think just her
1: leadership style was very full-on um forthright and a a lot of people didn't like that as well there was disagreements over some funding cuts towards the states late last year um she sees herself as a bit of a change agent and wanting to do things a little bit differently but if you look at the history books and and as you know as we spoke about the presidents and ceos that have rolled through swimming australia it's been a pretty similar story i mean kieran perkins and her were very very close and and worked well together before he went to the australian sports commission as well but then look there's been obviously a high turnover and look the paris olympics would would have been great for her to get to and she didn't actually have a games that she could get to but um unfortunately not
0: enough in the end so what kind of problems or challenges will the next person be inheriting? Because it seems as though you know it's obviously a big, important sport for Australia from an Olympic standpoint, but not always maybe kicking the goals that it could be at sort of corporate and um, public level.
1: Yeah, that's a fair call. I think Swimming Australia's greatest challenge will be the, the Brisbane 2032 legacy. Physical legacy will be a really big hot topic as we go out to consultation with our community. But, but as it stands now, it, it's certainly not our preference to to have a drop-in pool. We would love to have a National Aquatic Centre that is the envy of the world. They will be wanting to um, make sure the house is in order and have a real strategic plan heading into those games, because as we saw in Sydney 2000, the absolute heroes of that sport and what, sort of what that did for the sport at the time, and it's about trying to have that runway and stability. At the moment, as, you, as we've touched on, you look at that record and turnover of um, high-profile administrators. It's not there at the moment. So on that front as well, I think they'll be trying to get a few world championships here as well. There's... But again, funding is where it comes down to and and trying to... I don't know whether constitutional reform will ever happen. You sort of need 75% of votes to to make that happen in the States, obviously having a major say in that, sort of a bit conservative in that approach. So, look, it's it's a tricky space to navigate and there's
0: just so much more to swimming in Australia than just the athletes you see on top of a medal dice. You touch on funding. Right now, as I understand it, Swimming Australia doesn't have a major sponsor. How crucial is it that they attract the big dollars from the big end of town? Massive, yeah, massively. And
1: quite frankly, you could argue that this Australian swimming team is as good as Australia produced in, well, probably a decade, if, if not more. Temple, capital strokes to go. He'll go. Simpson is third and the city of churches tonight bow to a temple. He's done it again Matt Temple and Cody Simpson not that far away. Their results at Tokyo spoke for themselves an equal record number of gold medals. There would be sponsors out there who would want to, to get on board. It's just about trying to navigate that and, and sort of lock them up and, and long term and there's the, as you say the, there's this major, major sporting event for Australia on the horizon in the Brisbane Games and it's a great runway and uh, it's about Swimming Australia trying to pull those people in and say, hey, we we need you to be a part of this and sponsors wanting to be a part of that for sure, but hugely critical, mate.
0: It certainly seems as though Eugenie was somewhat of a change agent and you get that in sports administration from time to time, but is it important that whoever's next is there for a long period of time, that stability is crucial to their platform? For sure. I guess it's which way you look at it. Are there
1: systemic issues in swimming in Australia that need changing? Is there someone who needs to come in and try and shake things up? That's what Eugenie felt that she could try and do and wanted to do. She didn't just want to sit there and do the norm and stick around for as long as she could. Or do you have someone there who tries to have a bit of stability, build good rapport with a president, a board that have also been difficult to work with, the CEO in recent years, it's a million-dollar question because, yeah, fundamentally, swimming wants to stay out of the papers as much as possible in terms of out-of-the-pool stuff and, and let that light be shone on the athletes. But at the moment, it's not quite the case. And there'll be a bit of a process to try and find a replacement. And But, yeah, as a sport, they are, they're starving for stability at the top.
0: You talk about in the pool, and you are poolside, I believe, in Queensland for the national titles that are on right now. We're flush with world-class talent. As you mentioned, who should we be keeping an eye on this week.
1: Oh, the story's galore. I mean, there's so much interest in Ariane Titmuss. Recently lost her world record in the 400 free to summer Macintosh. This week, certainly having your own world record broken is a tough pill to swallow, but I think you have to look at the good in everything. The big question is, can she regain that? Um, how will her form be heading into world champs in Fukuoka in July? That's probably... A good thing that it was broken now, it gives me a little bit of extra fire in the belly and I think it's naive to think that the world of swimming's just going to stop. And then you've got all of the stars, Emma McKean will be back here, we haven't seen her swim for a while since Com Games. Kyle Chalmers is up and about, he's swimming a bit more Butterfly this time, so that questions of whether he's going to try and get Butterfly into his program heading into the Paris Olympics. There's young guns everywhere, Kaylee McKeown is the you know, world record holder in the 100-200 backstroke this world record that world record line it's under siege will she hang on oh, she will it's a world record a world record Haley McEwen take a bow every swimmer under the sun is up here at the moment albeit these aren't trials for world championships it's good race practice and um, a huge huge 15 nights ahead before the Paris
0: games so close to Olympics so much at stake Tom Decent thanks for stepping us through this one no worries Headlines: Australia's first Indigenous Test cricketer, Faith Thomas, has died aged 90. Thomas was regarded as the fastest bowler of her time. Outside of cricket, she worked as a nurse and a midwife. Rugby league and Dalian medal winner Jack Whiten has retired from rep footy aged 30. The Raiders player reportedly wants to focus on family and club footy, which club that will be beyond this year remains unresolved, the Canberra star has indicated. He wants to test the market at the end of the season, while the Raiders have reportedly tabled a multi-million dollar offer to try and keep him at the club. His rep retirement, that is a huge blow for New South Wales as we edge closer to origin. Gather round will remain in SA for the next three years after the AFL and state government agreed to an extension through to 2026. From an on field POV, one of the big stories of the weekend was Port Adelaide coach Ken Hinckley zeroing in on the treatment of 19 year old recruit Jason Horn Francis. Jason Horn Francis is 19. Some part of it's really annoying me about the way people are treating him. It's annoying me. He's never going to play four quarters every week. He's 19 year old. If you're treating my 19-year-old son the way some people treated, have treated him, I'd be embarrassed by my, by my performance if I was those people. I think it's been really unfair. It's 19. Stop treating him like he's 28 and treat the kid with some respect. In the men's Premier League, Arsenal drew 2 2 with West Ham, which means Man City is breathing down the gunner's neck. They are just four points away from the North London club. In women's football, Sam Kerr scored again for Chelsea as they knocked off Aston Villa to set up an FA Cup final date with Manchester United. And 15 year old Ipswich teenager Gout Gout has the athletics community fizzing. After he broke the under-18 national record for the 200 metres, he ran 20.87 seconds into a headwind. Rapido. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Channel 9 and Prime Video for the extra audio used in this episode.
1: Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.